0: You're listening to the Savvy Citizen Podcast. We've got a special edition today where we're talking to two guests. We're talking to Vincent Wong from the city of Gastonia, where he's going to be talking a little bit to us about why he decided to get the COVID-19 vaccine and the research that he did that led him to make that decision. We're also talking to Joe Bruno, reporter for WSOC Channel 9 here in the Charlotte area. Joe's been on a one-man crusade to help people get in touch with the right people to get a COVID-19 vaccination. Just been in the Charlotte market for several years because you were at Fox before you were over at WSSC, right?
1: Yes, yeah, since twenty fourteen.
0: Okay, so you've gotten to know the city pretty well, and um, in in your time here, obviously, COVID is unlike anything that we've ever seen. But as a reporter, a lot of times it seems like the role of a reporter is to you know get information, get the news out to people, and help them be informed, but It seems, at least in my view, you've taken on even a more proactive approach in terms of helping people find vaccinations.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think this is what local journalism is all about. We had a big issue in our community. COVID shots are really hard, were and are still really hard to find. And so I believe it's good uh, service journalism to help people find their COVID shots and make this process as easy as possible for
0: them. When did you first decide that you were going to start posting information about where people can find some additional vaccines on social media? When did that idea kind of first click for you? So
1: going back to January, every now and then I would just post when Mecklenburg County opened additional COVID-19 vaccine appointments, but it was early on in March that I posted something about another clinic having appointments, and somebody thanked me. I think a couple people thanked me uh, said, this has been really challenging for us. Thank you for helping us find appointments, and it kind of clicked to me then, but we had millions of people eligible for shots, and it was so difficult to find where they are, so I figured it would be a good use of my time to post about the shots whenever possible and proactively look for them so that takes that load off of other people's plates as they navigate this tricky time.
0: In your reporting, have you done stories where you've talked to people and about their frustrations in terms of being able to get a shot? Oh, yes.
1: I mean, people have been staying up all night just thinking that they'll have a better shot at an appointments. Yeah, you know, and people have been refreshing Walgreens and CVS and all these other websites all day just looking for a shot, driving three hours away, and uh, little did they know that there were opportunities right in their backyard. So I, I think that people, are there's a big sense of relief when they are able to schedule a shot, and um, I think that a lot of people are grateful that they're discovering that now it is not as difficult as it may have once been.
0: On our side of things, obviously, We know that there's still a healthy number of people in the population that want to get shots. Obviously, we've just entered group five where basically anybody you know, 16 and up can can get a shot if they want to get a shot. But I, I don't think that we're too far away from entering a phase where we have more vaccine than we have people that want the shot. Do you see a role there in terms of where the media can play a role in helping with the education side for people that are maybe a little bit vaccine hesitant?
1: Yeah, I think we're um, I think we're almost there. I think everybody has uh, options really for when and where they want to get their shots. There might be more supply than there is demand in certain counties. Mecklenburg County, certainly today, uh, they have options to get shots that they've never seen. Like I mean, they have so many different choices of where they can get a provider right now. As of now, there's thousands of shots available for people that they're trying to find arms to put in. Um, And, you know, I do think that vaccine hesitancy is real, and I don't think it should be discounted. I think that everybody's going to have to do their part to inform each other on the benefits of the vaccine, how it will bring us back to normal. And, you know, one thing that the state is trying to do is get more uh, pharmacies and local doctor's offices these shots. So if they have a patient in their clinic or their office and they're just talking to them, maybe the doctor or the pharmacist can convince a skeptical patient to go ahead and get that vaccine.
0: When you're going and you're doing reporting on a subject, I mean, so often you basically have to almost kind of do a crash course and become a pseudo expert on, on something in a short period of time to be able to help explain it to other people. What has that been like for you over the course of, of COVID, of trying to understand it and keep up with, you know, all the ch- uh, changing guidelines at the state level and at the CDC and and just kind of keeping all of that straight for folks? Yeah, for the, When the, I first started reporting on this last February, I had to listen to YouTube videos just to double-check I was pronouncing coronavirus.
1: <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, now, uh, yeah, I feel like we all are friends and know well this, COVID, uh, this uh, COVID-19 virus, and we can uh, speak of it pretty um, intimately and have good knowledge of it. But I think the biggest learning curve as far as vaccines, go would be uh, just learning how to navigate all the different providers' websites, and I think that was a tricky part for a lot of people too, not knowing whether or not they had to be a patient of Care of My Health to get a shot from them. You don't. Sure. Or not knowing if you needed an account to register for shots in advance. It saves a lot of time. So uh, being able to uh, learn all of their systems helps me find shots a lot easier and uh, get the word out to people faster.
0: Where do you see kind of us in the Charlotte area being in six months? Do you think that we're going to be back to some sense of normal? Do you think, I mean, and normal is so weird to define because it's like COVID is so thoroughly upended kind of our lives. You know, I'm pretty hopeful that
1: we will be back to normal in six months. I'm hoping in the immediate future, maybe a month or month and a half, that we are basically back to normal outdoors. I think that we've learned a lot more about how this virus spreads and uh, that people want to encourage folks to gather outside. So I'm hoping that nearly uh, a lot of restrictions that are in place on outdoor activity right now will no longer be in effect by that 4th of July time range and that uh, they continue to slowly peel back restrictions as more people get vaccinated. Our state's off to a pretty good start with vaccines. We just need to finish strong and make sure that we are getting all the information out to people who may be on the fence about whether they want to
0: get it. This has been something for you where it's you've been affected by kind of the restrictions of COVID because you got married during this time period. <laughs>
1: yes. I don't recommend getting It is very stressful to navigate all of the restrictions on top of wedding planning and having to watch governor's press conferences uh, one week before the wedding to see if you'll be allowed to have the whole thing anyway. So that was uh, very stressful, but uh, we got it off. We followed the rules. Everybody was uh, great and had a good time.
0: Well, good. Anything else about kind of your experience in, in reporting on the pandemic that, that you've learned or or anything that you've kind of taken away from this that, that you think will kind of stick with you?
1: You know, I, I really appreciate the role that local media has played in the coronavirus pandemic, um, especially, you know, all the television stations, the newspapers, the radio stations, I feel have done a nice job at getting important information out to viewers, whether it is about where you can get a vaccine or where you can get a test. This is uh, sometimes life-changing information people are finding out at these testing or vaccine clinic sites and uh, or things happening to them. So I think that, you know, it's really shown how media can be a benefit to their communities.
0: Absolutely. Well, good deal. I appreciate you uh, taking a few minutes with me. It's really been cool to see some of the reactions that you've gotten from people on social media when you've been able to kind of connect them with shots. I mean, I I know there's been a lot of frustration for people in terms of, you know, trying to find shots, whether for themselves or for family members. And so just that sense of of relief when they're able to get it, I think is is probably been fairly rewarding on your end.
1: Absolutely. That's why we do it. That's I'm just so happy to help out people.
0: Well, good deal. Thank you so much, Joe. I appreciate you talking to me. Absolutely. Thank you, Adam. All righty. So we're here on Savvy Citizen with Vincent Wong from the city of Gastonia. He's the director of community services. Vincent, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: So we're talking a little bit about the, the COVID-19 vaccine, and obviously different people kind of approach it differently. For, for you, when you first heard that the vaccine was coming out, um, what what did that do for you?
2: Um, It will gave me a, a sense of, of hope and that there was uh, something out there to help us through the pandemic.
0: In your role in the city, I mean, I'm sure your job has changed pretty considerably over the past year from, from what you were doing, you know, January of, of 2020, to, mm-hmm. you know, and then going through COVID.
2: Yeah, no, um, part of uh, my job duties include uh, transit operations, so mm-hmm. we definitely had to look at how we keep employees safe but also how we provide services to the citizens of of Gastonia and our ridership so it definitely um, was a learning process for all of us I think with our leadership and 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 our council we were able to really look at it and and respond quickly.
0: So obviously the the vaccine came out uh, people were start starting to get vaccinated late last year. Um, when were you able to get your
2: first shot? I was able to get my shot I think it was around the the first time Gaston County offered it. Um, okay. I helped volunteer on site at the farmer's oh, nice. market and okay. was able to get it then. Gotcha. You
0: had a little bit maybe of a, of a different perspective than some other folks as you were able to, to kind of see the the operation of that farmer's market and the clinic kind of firsthand.
2: Yeah, it, it was definitely. I think um, you know, I didn't go into that process knowing I was going to get that vaccine that day. Mm. Um, I've done some research and background on it. I think it's important for everybody to do that and be educated about it and, and understand what they feel comfortable with. I also do have a lot of friends in the medical field, and I talked to them about it, mm. and they received it uh, because they were in the medical field. Sure. And so I was able to talk to a lot of people that already received it and understand, for me, what the importance was for me to get it and, and I was comfortable with it. So when the opportunity pre- presented itself, I was able to do it.
0: You know, you talked about doing some of the research. I mean, was there, was there ever a point, you know, we've talked to some folks that say, you know, well, it, you know, the the vaccine was developed so quickly and it's being, you know, put through under emergency use authorization and, and that gives some people some pause. Was that, was that ever a concern for you?
2: Um, it, yes. I think you're always cautious on, on what's going on and and what you're putting into your body. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, for me, I just had a lot of trust in people that I I knew and that were uh, more educated in in the medical field, and so that gave me some comfort. I also participated in um, some of the webinars that uh, were were going on and where you're able to ask questions to medical providers. Uh, The Highland community did one. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was with Dr. Bovey. I think that's how you pronounce it. Or okay. Bo. Dr. And, Bo. Yep. Yeah. And uh, just great conversation and the advice that was given and, and the questions that were asked and answered, it just made me feel more comfortable in the process.
0: Sure. What are some of the things for you that you're hoping to get back to, that you're excited to get back to as, as you know, more and more people get vaccinated and we can get back to, I hate to say some sense of normal, because I don't know that it'll ever look like it did before, but just, you know, not quarantine.
2: Yeah, I think for me, with, with work and, and my, my personal life, I've tried not to let it affect me as, as much as possible. You know, getting the vaccine, doing safety precautions, wearing masks, washing hands, and just being more cautious and aware of what's going on has let me feel more comfortable about reemerging myself into the community and getting involved. Um, for me, it's the high-risk people. I have some family that's high-risk, and so them feeling comfortable in that and being able to see them in person, yeah. um, you just really have to be smart with what you're doing and and, and be cautious of, of that. But I think as a, as a community, we've done a lot of good things. There's a lot of people, even with, with transit, we're understanding things and people are like, I feel safe. And, and so it's just having that sense of we're doing everything we can to keep everybody as safe as possible. Talk a little bit
0: about... Some of that, because I know with some of our access bus drivers, you know, they've they put in some different safety precautions and, and social distancing to, to help folks. But what have you guys done specifically with the transit program at the city of Gastonia?
2: Yeah, so early on, we changed our cleaning methods. It was actually quite interesting what we were able to do in house. Is we built our shields for drivers. Um, okay, spent an extensive amount of time talking with other transit agencies, getting kind of guidance from FTA and the state on what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Other transit agencies, I mean, there's one transit agency that was using a shower curtain. Oh um, wow. Then there's different, there's different um, mechanisms that the manufacturer of our buses were offering, and it didn't suit our needs. We didn't think it was, was helpful. Uh, so we are able to actually manufacture ours in, in-house um, mm-hmm. and give full coverage to the drivers. Uh, we provide them with all the PPE that they need and feel comfortable with. We also, the big thing is we went free fare um, very quickly, and that allowed us to use the rear door entrance so people can be socially distanced from the driver. They're not in their face, putting in their fare in the the fare box. Uh, We're not counting money um, Mm -hmm. or bringing it back to our shop and counting different money and doing things like that. Right. And then we tries as as much as we can to provide you know hand sanitizer masks to our riders and just talk to them and education through blackboard messages notices and also signage about how to ride transit as effectively as possible.
0: Obviously this this was a big change for for all of us but I mean was that something and as you started putting those practices in place last year did you see pretty good compliance with with people kind of Abiding by the rules.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, you always look at it and wonder if everybody's going to do what's expected of them. And it can be tiring. I I think for me, part of it was keeping my drivers safe and and keeping bus operations um, going. And I knew that they were the front line. And so for them to feel safe and be mentally prepared for both the challenges at home and work were very important, and so I think the riders respected that we kept operations going. We didn't have any modifications, we didn't stop them, but they knew that if, if something happened, and our drivers n- knew if something happened where we didn't have enough drivers or there was a an outbreak that we might have to stop that. So I think everybody did their part so that we can continue to do what we needed to do.
0: Well, Mass Transit's such a critical service for people to you know be able to get to uh, doctor's appointments, grocery store, work. I mean, it's this is not just a, you know, hey, we're we're operating a, a tour bus for for winery tours or something like that. I mean, this is a, a the lifeblood for a lot of people.
2: No, definitely, and I think that's what you know. Talking with my drivers, I try to um, have meetings with them and talk to them, and they they know other residents might not have family that can take them to the grocery store, the doctors, like you said, and we provide them service, and sometimes they're the only human interaction that they have for that week or that mm-hmm. month and stuff like that. And so just to keep people safe but also provide them with the services that they needed, whether it be medical, grocery, or just getting out to their job and right. keeping their job and serving other people that needed their services, uh, whether they're grocery store workers or restaurant workers or, or what have you. Everybody, I think, came together and pitched in and said, I'm a part of this bigger picture and I understand my place in it and I'm going to do what I can to to do my part. And, and a lot of people stepped up.
0: Going back to getting the COVID vaccine, have you experienced any conversations with you know, coworkers, friends, family members where you've got other people that are maybe more hesitant than you were about getting the vaccine?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think every, we all have, right? It's a discussion that people have and and people want other people's opinion and, and value them. And so, yeah, I've had some people that are skeptical and and, and done some research and they don't feel it's right for them.
0: Mm. It, for you, I mean, do you see yourself as as kind of an advocate for the vaccine or, or is it more for you it's more of a, you know, it was a personal decision, it was a personal choice for you?
2: I think it's a personal decision. I think everybody has to do what's comfortable for them. I would say the... The advice that I have is you have to do the research, be educated, understand it, talk to people. But the biggest thing is just talk to your uh, medical provider Mm -hmm. and see what's right for you and and their recommendation. And if you trust them and their recommendation, you should do what you feel comfortable with.
0: So I know when I got my second shot, um, it pretty much wiped me out for a weekend. I mean, and some people have said, you know, hey, I other than a little bit of arm soreness, I I didn't have hardly any side effects. So what was what was the situation for you?
2: Yeah, the second vaccine um, hit me pretty hard yeah. uh, for about twelve hours. Uh, I think I could have been more prepared for it. But when I got the first vaccine, I didn't have any issues at all. So right. I, was, I was a little naive on the on the <laughs> second shot. I talked to some friends, and and they said that you know they had some symptoms after the second shot. Mine lasted. Uh, I think I got mine in the morning, um, in the evening I started, you know, had a little temperature was achy and, and, and tired and uncomfortable. It lasted for about 12 hours for me. And then mm-hmm. I was, uh, I was good to go.
0: Nice. Yeah. I mean, that's a kind of a small price to pay con considering, you know, some of this horror stories we've heard of people that have had to battle COVID and obviously tons of people lost their lives, but just even the people that haven't, I mean, you know, some of the folks that have been in the hospital for weeks and weeks and weeks, it's, uh,
2: yeah, no, I think that's one of the, the things that a lot of people imagine is the vaccine may, uh, you might have some symptoms, but they pale in comparison to what it'd be if you actually got COVID-19. You know, I think people have to understand, too, though, that the vaccine is not a end-all, be-all. You know, we still mm-hmm. have to be cautious uh, and and um, do the recommended protocols to, to be safe because, you know, we don't know – everything about the vaccine and, and how we can transmit COVID-19.
0: Absolutely. Anything else that, that I didn't ask about that kind of popped into your mind that you wanted to talk about and as we have time?
2: You know, everybody has a, a story and a perspective, and uh, having discussion, open discussion and communication helps. And so we can't be so quick to judge uh, based on um, – somebody's preference or, or 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 their thoughts we just have to understand them and if we can provide information and support them and and hopefully that you know eventually um if, if people want to and and that the the vaccine's available and, and you can get it
0: awesome vincent thanks so much for for coming in for taking the time to to talk with us about your experience in getting the vaccine and uh, look forward to uh continuing to see your work with the city of Gastonia in the many years ahead.
2: I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Thank you.